Hello and welcome to yet another podcast of Learn American English with this guy. We are up to episode 23 already and today it will be a rather short one. Um, I don't have a lot of time today. I do want to get another podcast out and I do want to get part two of just those iconic American foods that we talked about in episode 22, but for this episode, I would like to take care of some listener questions, because I've actually heard from a couple people, some of my friends on Hello Talk, and I figure if they have those questions, then you also might have those questions, and they're very good questions that I think many people that are beginner uh, beginner English learners, but also if you're kind of advanced, because um, some of these things just don't translate well. I'm going to talk about a couple idioms today, some very common idioms that I haven't talked about. And um, my friend Mahi in Iran uh, gave a suggestion that you could pretty much do a whole podcast every single episode on idioms because the topic is just so big. There are so many. And I'm sure every language has their own set of idioms where you just can't translate something and you need a native speaker to say it in a different way. So I would like to take care of like three big um, idioms that you might come into contact with and be like, I have no idea what that means. And the other thing I think would be helpful is a really good um, question with prepositions. If I was an English learner, I think one of the most difficult aspects of English would be the prepositions. When to use which preposition, it is super tough. Um, I think the other aspect of English would be the spelling. But... um. I just want to give a real quick uh, story about what I did today in slow English because it happened right at the end of school, so it is fresh on my mind. It's still on my mind. It just happened, so it's fresh. Um, You can say bread is fresh or fruit is fresh, but if something is fresh on your mind... It means, oh, I'm still thinking about it. Um, At my school, we have students leave in waves, I guess. There are three waves of dismissal. So first, there's one round of buses, and then another round of buses. And so by the end of the day, there's just a really small group of students left. And so it just happened to be, I think, about four girls uh, who were my students that were left. And they started showing me these TikTok dances. I tried a couple. I'm not very good at the TikTok dances. Although, maybe for a 44-year-old out-of-shape guy, I actually am pretty good. But compared to these 12 and 13 year old girls, I am not good. But I'm just wondering if 
this is a big thing in your country too. TikTok, dancing. I don't see many boys dancing, but I do see a lot of girls dancing for the social media app called TikTok. And they learn these dances and they do them on camera and they show their friends. So we've had a couple fads, I guess, in the United States. A fad is something that lasts just for a short time, but is very popular. A couple years ago, we had this thing called bottle flipping, where students would take half-empty plastic water bottles and flip it and try to have it land on the bottom part of the bottle like so it would be straight up and it was just really annoying because it's loud and it's just you might hit somebody with it but this tiktok dancing is a fad and it's one i'm okay with it gets students learning things you know it's getting them active So this is a trend or a fad that I hope lasts. So if you can get in touch with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, HelloTalk, let me know. TikTok. Teenage girls dancing to TikTok. Is that a thing? Do I need to explain that more? Or did I do a good job? And maybe you're in your country right now thinking, oh yes, I have seen that. A group of girls all dancing the same dance, mostly with their hands, maybe a little shaking of the head, but TikTok dancing. So uh, right after this break from our sponsor, I will be back with the three idioms and the question about prepositions. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And we are back. So we have some listener questions. Thank you so much for asking them. Uh, I would love to get more in the future just because it lets me know what you would like to listen to. If I don't have the questions or the topics to discuss, I just come up with them on my own and you guys might not like that. So I would love to get more direction for the podcast more input from you guys so again thank you so much for listening and i just want to help you in whatever way i can with this podcast before we go too far um, i know with hello talk um, if you're on that app there are a lot of people learning multiple languages so you may be learning english which i hope you are because that's why you're listening to this podcast, if you weren't learning English, this probably doesn't make a lot of sense to you. Or if you already know English, I hope it's entertaining for you. I hope it's 
informative for you. But um, my friend Aroni from Italy started his own podcast. And if you are learning Italian, as I am, I will try to say a little bit in Italian. I hope I don't mess it up. Se vuoi imparare l'italiano, il mio amico Erroni ha iniziato un podcast in italiano, lento. Protete trovalo sul Anchor e Spotify. Ascoltate, per favore. So that is uh, my Italian. I hope it makes sense to anybody who is learning Italian. And um, one thing I heard about English, which makes a lot of sense to me, is that native English speakers are used to people speaking their language with accents. Um, English speakers have become good at picking up even on English, even if the English isn't perfect. And when I get to the preposition question, I'll probably repeat just a little bit of this. But other languages, maybe Italian, where there aren't quite so many speakers, um, native Italian speakers might not be used to the different accents that Americans or Canadians or Saudi Arabians might have. And as I'm talking, Italian might not be a great example because I know there are many different accents throughout Italy if you live in the north and you live in the south. But um, I can't remember what language they were talking about, but certain languages, it's hard for them to pick up on what foreign speakers are saying just because so few people speak the language. I don't know if it was Chinese. I, I can't remember. But um, when I heard it, it made sense to me as, um, um, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I wasn't going to go with the preposition question first, but how about I do that? Um, and I think what I want to say is unless you are, studying for an exam that you need to pass, and maybe many of you are, um, you might have to worry a bit more about your English. But if you are just wanting to talk with a native English speaker, like most of us are pretty easygoing when you mess up parts of the language. As long as we can understand what you're saying, we're, you know, happy to help you along and understand what you're saying. Now, with that said, of course, there are some jerks who speak English and they will get all mad. But I think the majority of us are like, if you mess up a preposition, it's like, and we know what you're saying anyway, it's like, ah, you know, you're not a native English speaker, so it's not going to be perfect, but we understand you. So with that said, um, and, and that's a good, that's a good transition. If you are learning English 
and you want to work on some of those little just kind of common phrases, you can say, with that said, it's a good transition to go into something else that you're talking about. With that said, let's talk about the first question. And this comes from Samir, and he lives in Afghanistan. And he was wondering, what is the difference between in university, at university, and to university? So all university, but three different prepositions. And another little piece of this is that in the United States, we often use college right alongside with university. I think if you are in England and you're speaking with someone who is British, I think they would be more likely to say university at university. But I will speak from an American point of view and say that the difference between in university and at university, it's really, really minor. And I think if you use either one, you're going to be okay. But the two university almost always comes along with the going to. Like next year, I will be going to university um, and I will be in my sophomore year or something like that. The two is almost always like I am going to the university. I think usually we say college, but I am going to college next year. I'm going to college next year. But to be honest, like the in university and the at are almost impossible to tell the difference between. So I would say if you use in university, it talks about a longer stretch of time. Like, and I'll just start using college, but like, if you say she is in college, it just means like probably for the four years she is in college right now, which might explain why she's not here. She's in college. If you use the preposition at, it's a smaller piece of time, in my opinion, but not, but not always, but not always. But if you wanted to know, like, where someone was for the afternoon, you might say, like, oh, she's at college. She's at college. But not always. But not always. Um, You could say, oh, she's not coming home for Christmas this year because she's at college. So, either way, in or at, if you're not a native English speaker... I really don't think you can go wrong. We, you know, as English speakers, very rarely get the prepositions wrong. And I think that's just because we've heard it thousands and thousands of times. So we just don't even think about how to use it. But I can see why at and in and to those little, little words will trip you up. But... If it makes you feel a little bit better, don't get too hung up on it. And unless you're trying to study for a test, we will forgive you. 
It's not the end of the world. It's not the biggest mistake ever if you say the wrong preposition. So the next question comes from Patricia in Germany. And I know her through Hello Talk. And she asks, what does break a leg mean? What does break a leg mean? So when somebody says break a leg, they are probably talking to a singer or an actor who is about to take the stage, who is about to get in front of an audience. Because that is like a showbiz way or a theater way of saying good luck. In the United States, you're not supposed to say good luck to someone who is about to take the stage. You say, break a leg. Break a leg. And that is about the only... I mean, it's basically if you're wishing somebody good luck. I suppose you could say it anytime to mean good luck. But it is specifically for theater and stage. The last two are from my friend Erroni in Italy. The first one is barking up the wrong tree. You might have heard this, barking up the wrong tree. It actually means you are going to be disappointed. For example, maybe you go to your boss and maybe she is evaluating you. Maybe she is saying how good of a job you've been doing. And maybe you ask her, hey, can I get a raise? Can I get some more money? She might say to you, "Mm, you're barking up the wrong tree, which means don't even ask. No, it's not going to happen. You're barking up the wrong tree. How about this? If you're not married or you're not dating anybody, Maybe you have your eyes on that certain special person. Maybe you really like them. Maybe, and in English we have like, you like somebody, or like you really like somebody. So those two kind of things. It depends on how you emphasize or put a like a special kind of tone on like. Yeah, but do you like them? Like them. If you stretch it out a little bit. It means you're interested in them. Like maybe you want to date them. And maybe you go up and you ask that special person, Hey, you want to go to the movies on Saturday night? If that person says, you're barking up the wrong tree, it means like, don't even bother. Don't even ask. I feel very badly for you if you were ever told that you are barking up the wrong tree. But it's not a good thing. And the last one, caught red-handed. This is also from Eroni. Caught red-handed, it means you were caught doing something and literally you were in the act of doing it. For example, let's say there is a person robbing a bank. Let's say the bank is closed for the night, but someone broke into the bank And they are in the safe with all the money and the police walk in and catch them doing it. They are caught red handed. Like there's no trial. Well, there probably is a trial, but like 
there is a lot of evidence. Like you were caught actually doing it. Here's another one. I'm going to try to connect it to love or not so much love in this case. How about, let's not say you. I use you as an example a lot and sometimes it's a bad thing. So let's say a person and I will give them an all-American name like Tim. And it's usually guys that cheat. So I'm going to talk about a cheater here. Cheater. Let's say Tim is married to Jennifer. Almost all of the girls that were born during the year I was born in 1975 or 76, 77, in that era, they're named Jennifer. So let's say Tim and Jennifer have been married for a while. But Tim really likes Sally, who works at his work. And he's like, hey, do you want to go on a date? And she doesn't say you're barking up the wrong tree. She says, yeah, I know you're married, but Tim, I like you, so let's go on the date. And let's say they are on their date at the restaurant. Maybe he leans over and kisses her. Guess what? Jennifer walks in, catches him cheating, red-handed. No denying it. You were kissing another woman in front of me. You're caught red-handed. You're getting a divorce. I want all your money. So that's caught red-handed. I hope that helps with those uh, three idioms and that very sticky preposition question. Thank you so much for all of the questions, all the feedback. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, and I hope you guys are learning a little something because of it. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you on the next episode. Ha, guess what? I forgot something. I was so nervous about speaking Italian, I didn't even tell you the name of my friend's podcast, Aroni. It is Let's Talk Italian with Aroni. And I will put that in the show notes, a link to his podcast. Or I think if you just go to Anchor or Spotify and probably Apple Podcasts very soon. But um, let's talk Italian with Aroni. And you'll see the uh, Duoma of, uh, of Milan up there. So I uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening.